0: Welcome back to the BME Grad Podcast, everybody. I'm Grace. And I'm Allie. And this week, we're going to be talking about how to maximize your time and how to win at engineering career fairs. Um, So, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of our experiences and our advice on how to best navigate the the career fairs that you can go to as undergrads, and we're going to touch on five different sections in this. We're going to talk about how to find them and how to practice for them. The second is going to be how to plan for them. Um, Third is what to do on the day of the career fair. Fourth is how to follow up. And then our last section, section, the fifth section, is going to be a couple of tips and tricks um, that we've learned along the way. So I think it's going to be a really great episode, and we're super excited for it. All right. So Allie, you have, you've had a unique experience uh, with career fairs because you've both gone as an undergrad, but then also with your company, you went as a recruiter. So based on all of this, do you have uh, advice on how to find career fairs and how to practice for them?
1: Well, first I want to correct you and say, we have gone to so many career fairs collectively and together. Um, I'm sure we're both going to have a lot on this, um, but it was unique going as a recruiter, as we've talked about a couple times. Um, that was a very different experience. But in terms of finding them and practicing for them, I would say if you go to an engineering school, go to all of the career fairs relevant to your engineering major. If you've heard of it, go. Like, even if you can only make it for a few minutes, go. I think in our case it was a little unique because we didn't necessarily go to an engineering school. So they would have a career fair, but really not a lot of the companies were there looking for engineers. I don't even think I ever went to our school's career fair, to be honest with you. But I did go to the school nearby, NC State. It was a joint program, but I mean we weren't at that campus. And so I, w- I would go to their engineering career fairs where they're looking for engineering grads. They have engineering-related jobs. So if, if someone's listening and they don't go to an engineering school per se, or maybe not a big one, find one near you and try to go to theirs, you know, reach out to their uh, career center or their engineering department and ask how you can go. And I mean, if all else fails, try to crash, be resourceful. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You can also
0: usually, like I know this is true for the NC State one, that you can register. We didn't have to register as an outside student because of the joint program, but you had the option to register as an outside student. So check if you find one online that you're interested in going to at a nearby school. You can probably just register as a student at another university and you're still good to go.
1: Yeah. Like don't let that be a barrier that you don't go to their school. Go to a place where you know they're going to be looking for engineers for jobs. Um, And the other, in in, in terms of practicing, like like I said before, even if you can only go for a few minutes, go. But the other thing I think is key, and this is something I think we did really well, Grace, was go as a sophomore, go as a junior, get practice. Your first one is not going to be good but you're going to learn a lot of networking skills and you're going to learn what not to do the next time. So your third or your fifth one is going to be great. And by that time, you're going to be looking for a job. You're going to have a lot of experiences behind you and you can really focus on like your interests and, and what you've accomplished rather than being nervous about the networking element. So I think that's another important thing about finding them and practicing them is doing it early just to go through the motions.
0: Absolutely. Settle those nerves. Yeah, be better. Yeah, totally. Okay, so now that you've found the job fair to go to, let's talk about how to plan for it. Right? Yes. How do you how do you plan? What what should I bring? what should I do before I go?
1: Well, I know you know the answer to this question. You should have your LinkedIn done. Even if you just have a picture in your school on it, just have a page that can take you about five minutes. It's useful like in an, in an instant messaging type of way to just have a LinkedIn profile at the bare minimum. Um, you should also have a resume, obviously
0: and an up-to-date, make sure it's up-to-date before you go. If you are in a class that semester that you're super passionate about and super interested in, and you don't have it listed because your resume was updated last semester, update it the night before so that you are giving them relevant information.
1: Yeah. So in terms of planning, you want to make sure your LinkedIn's up-to-date, you have an up-to-date resume. And then here's where the planning, this is the really important part of the planning. Like, yeah, you should have all your personal documents in place, but you want to really think about your strategy for those that two-hour window that you have at the career fair that's hectic and everybody's, you know, moving around in a small hot room. You need to really have a strategy um, and you need to be calm. So this is what I've put together, I think, on the best strategy to do that. This is something I did that worked really well for me at my last career fair that I went to, where I actually met the the company I work for now. Um short list the company's going to the career fair that you're interested in. This'll be on the career fair's page or website. And, and just remember, like sometimes they might not list that they're looking for biomedical engineering majors. You know, Sometimes they like check which majors they're hiring for just because they didn't check biomedical engineering. If they checked electrical and mechanical, they're probably interested in you too. So don't let that be a barrier again. So put all the companies you're interested in on a list. Um, realistically, you're only going to get three quality conversations completed in an hour. So there's no need for this list to be 20 companies long, pick five to 10 and then focus. And what I would do is make a table. So put the companies in the first column, then title eight more columns, use the titles rank about me, company news, key locations, key segments open positions, other notes, and then leave the last column for like day of notes. And this is a nice table, couple bullet points for each section that you can bring with you on the day as like a cheat sheet, but also to help you prepare for these conversations. So for each company, you wanna rank how interesting it is to you. This is gonna be your schedule for when you get to the career fair, that's who you're going to one, two, three. Then you wanna fill in the other columns with your research. So the about me thinking about key things about your interests and involvements that might be pertinent to each company. Um, read Read their LinkedIn, that's an easy thing to do. Read their LinkedIn and see what's new going on in the company and mark these interesting things in the news column. Look at their website and learn their purpose, their segments, their top locations. No need to get into the weeds on products if they're a big company. Um, if they have one product, I would probably know a lot about it. But, you know, big overview things. You just want to learn their purpose, their segments, their top locations. Put that in your table in the appropriate columns. On the career fair website, they might list certain positions they're hiring for. So make note of those in the table if, if they're listed. And leave the next column for any other personal preparation notes that you need or little anecdotes you want to make sure you bring up or, or think about in the back of your mind and then leave a blank box, a blank box (laughs) for you to make notes during the fair. This should be like a two page, maybe table that you can use day of to help you. And it's just like a quick thing for your reference to remember key things you want to talk to each company about, or just remember in your conversations. Um, so you have that table, the career fair website might also post a map of the layout and floor plan. So if they do that, obviously circle where your company is what booths are going to be at that would be important and then bringing it all together i've seen people there with like a big you know those what are those stretchy folders called with all the different pockets and like binders yeah like, the, I've,
0: like the, yeah the bankers folder
1: right like i've seen people show up with like those big like packet folders i've seen people show up with like a really like a like a Spiral notebook like really a lots of different things that are like not smooth and not polished Mm -hmm. and it's very simple to get like a folder or a folio I would recommend a folio. Um, The folio has a pocket on one side and then a legal pad on the other, and this is. This is important because you know put that put that table in your folio, put the career fair map in your folio and then print out like 20 resume copy, copies and put it in your folio in the pocket. And then make sure you have that legal pad on the other side. It's this is awesome. It's simple, it's professional. You can easily open it with one hand which will be necessary the day yes. of. You don't want to be like juggling and dropping things. Like this you can open it with one hand, it just falls right open. You can write a note really quickly. All your documents are in one pocket. You can just hand them out. Um, this makes everything really handy and it, it just appears more polished and that can do so much for a student looking for their first job is demonstrating that professionalism.
0: Yeah, it kind of distinguishes you from just being a student in class to a young professional who is hireable. Um, this is tiny, but I also recommend taking a bag because a lot of times they hand out swag and even if you don't really want the swag, you're like kind of obligated to take it. Yeah, so that's have good. a bag to throw it all in. So you're not like juggling random cups or random, you know, flashlights from other companies when you're trying to shake a recruiter's hand. Like you want to look put together. And this is, these are all just small things to help boost you a little bit. Right. Um, so, okay. So that brings us to the day of, you have your table, you have your resumes, you have your folio, you're ready to go. You know what, what tables you're going to hit, you know, where they are and you
1: are, you're ready to go. Yeah. And hopefully, Oh, sorry to interrupt you, but like, and hopefully you're calm, you know, you've got five or 10 companies. You've really thought about what you're interested in and what you want to talk about, you know, where to go, you know, your prioritization. So like, this should be a calm moment where you should be excited to just go have those conversations that you've prepped so hard for.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're calm. That's the last thing. So you're calm and you're ready and you're prepared, <laughs> right? It's the day of. You get there on time. We're early. The doors open. You're ready to make your moves. What are key things that you need to remember? What is, what is some game day plans? So the career
1: fair I did was a virtual career fair. Um, but I really don't think any of these tips we said before or now change much other than like the form in which you're meeting, but. These are, before I tell you what to do, I want to tell you what is on the recruiter's minds, probably (laughs) Um, not that they aren't excited to hire and talk to you, but they're tired. Um, They took a day or maybe several hours off from work to be there. So, you know, what they have to get done is running in the back of their mind and, um, you know, maybe they're going home to after a full day at the career fair, catch up on all their work. They didn't get done that day. That's a possibility. Um, they don't get long breaks. I, when I did this, I had two 10 minute breaks. Um, so that was an adjustment, uh, for, for like eight hour a day. And it's, they almost don't want to get bombarded with your resume or your work history. Unless they ask you for a resume or a list of accomplishments to look at or talk about, they're not going to remember almost anything you say, um, You know, they don't want you to list it out. If it's brought up conversationally, that's a different story. So that kind of leads me into like what to do, Mm -hmm. uh, just keeping all of that in mind. So what you should be doing is be social, be interested and be authentic. So start out with a greeting, ask them how their day is going or something, or, you know, any kind of like light social topic to initiate a conversation. It's kind of like dating, right? try to have an engaging conversation about your mutual interests in what the company does and what working there is like. Um, that doesn't mean asking what the company does, but it should be talking about maybe some interesting company news you read or asking them to tell you more about a specific segment they're involved in. And that's your moment to express your passion through a question. You know, Ask them about something about their company that you'd like to learn more about Uh, that you've prepared on, like ask an informed question. And then that's your moment to like repeat back to them what they said, maybe repeat something you read about on the topic, bring in, you know, one or two anecdotes about your personal experience or work history that are relevant that make you passionate about that thing. That's how you bring in your accomplishments in your resume rather than just kind of like giving them, you know, motor mouthing a list.
0: Yeah 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 like tie it in how it relates to your internship or your research or your, or your just or just your personal interests rather than here right. are the five awards that, that I won last year like uh, no one cares
1: Right. And and it also makes it conversational, right? Because you started out with a greeting, they respond back to your greeting. You ask a very informed question. You'll see their passion come through because they work there and they know about it. So that gets them talking. Then you get to express your passion and your history. And you know, you're you're setting up that rapport. And you got about five to 10 minutes, maybe with this person. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how you become memorable, is in the height of that moment of like discussing, like, In the height of that moment of discussing things you're passionate about is how you become memorable. Um, And we have
0: to remember, like, no matter how nervous you are, this is still a conversation. It's not listing off the five most interesting things from your resume. You like Ali said, you have to, like, establish, although you only have five minutes and you want to impress them, it's still a conversation. You still have to have some social niceties and some like rapport back and forth, right? for it to not be uncomfortable.
1: Right. Okay, so how do you end this? Right, so I would bring up last, like last minute or two, talking about what they're hiring for. And and like, this is all assuming you didn't walk up there and they said, resume, like hand it over, right? Like this is assuming yeah. you walk up and you have a normal conversation, right? After all of that conversation, the last minute or two, I would ask what they're hiring for. And just listen, express your interest. And it's a good transition into setting the cards up for a follow-up, you know, at the end, you've asked what they're hiring for briefly, thank them for the conversation, tell them you'll follow up, ask them, you know, you know, if they're on LinkedIn, if you could shoot them a message on LinkedIn, or if they'd prefer, you know, an email, it'd be great to, to connect with them and then do it that night, you know, don't wait, follow up, follow up with them on your conversation. And, um, so, Okay. Yes, I agree. Definitely don't wait.
0: You're going to forget and they're going to forget. So do it that night while it's still memorable. Right.
1: And the next day, their their job starts all over again. So they're not in career fair mode anymore. So the sooner you do that, the better. Definitely. Okay. So
0: this message, people are going to want to talk about, you know, it was so great meeting you and I am interested in all of these things and please give me a job so what is the less awkward way
1: of messaging them for a follow-up this is I want to like put an asterisk to all this advice right like use it use cues and oh, yeah. <laughs> you know if if you had such a great conversation and at the end of it you asked for coffee and they said yes like you'll follow up in a different way than this um you might follow up and just be setting up those plans to go meet with them externally you know whatever your your conversation went like but i would say on the general in the in the classic career fair conversation you met someone you had a good conversation and there might be a job there might not be there might be a good you know, um, opportunity to meet with them again after, and just learn a little bit about the company. So I would do a three sentence message on whatever they said they preferred LinkedIn or email. I would thank them for their time in one sentence. I'd recall something interesting from your conversation earlier in the second sentence, something memorable, if you have it, that, you know, kind of reminds them of you. And then I'd make an ask don't just say like thanks for your time because i i really don't know what else there is to say to that but like as a, you know on the other end of that but like it was nice to meet you like thanks for visiting um i i would make an ask at the end of this three sentence message what like why are you reaching out to them it should be i hope you'll keep me in mind for future blah blah positions or it'd be great to get coffee sometime and learn more about this thing let me know if you'd be available Whatever you think this person could help you with in your learning or maybe your job prospects, you know, I would make that ask. Um, and then may, if it's appropriate, stay in touch on the progress of something you're doing. So like maybe if you discussed a project you were working on, uh, maybe a couple of weeks later, you can follow up on like the progress of that and thank them again for the conversation or um, kind of like in a newsletter fashion. So that's that's how I would handle the following up Three sentences, keep it brief. Um, Thank them for their time. Recall something fun from your conversation. Make a clear ask. And then if it's appropriate, stay in touch.
0: Okay, wow. That is, I wish I had this for when I started this.
1: Me too, because some people will like follow up with like, thank you for your time, not really make a clear ask. And then just like send you all of their personal documents and resumes. And it's just, it's very um, overwhelming because- that's a lot of information. And I, I might not even like, though you probably are a standout and a great person, I might not remember everything about you. So, um, inserting that like passion and personal connection and making a clear ask is a lot, is a lot more of a helpful, I think, follow up for both the recruiter and the, and the student.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I also, I would like to add that what you mentioned about, you know, staying in touch in kind of like the newslettery fashion, um, that is great just for building your connections and building Mm -hmm. your networking and everything Mm -hmm. but if you are applying to jobs at that company like and you kept up with that recruiter you can kind of maybe depend again pick up on social cues please but you can possibly ask for like a job referral and depending on what the company does like that's either a formal process where they do like write up a referral like I've done that for a couple people now like you write up a whole referral to you and then that's then they get prompted for the job application that way or if it's a smaller company it's just a you know hey like I spoke with this person at the career fair they've been doing xyz in their projects and I think they're a great candidate so that connection like it even if you don't get a job offer right away like it can lead to um, you know, a good connection and possibly a job referral, uh, an application referral for that.
1: That's a good yeah. tip. Let me build on your tip. Ask for a referral if it if it's clear that they would want to refer you. Yes. Like, yes. you know, you had a great conversation, maybe a 20 minute conversation, super memorable, very clear that they were interested in you. Then you ask for your referral. I think if you aren't Or maybe they're like an alumni, you could ask for a referral, but like, Mm -hmm. if they're not, if it's not any of those things, I would try to continue the conversation first um, before asking for that referral, because it's unlikely that your 10 minute conversation was enough for them to kind of recommend you and put their weight behind you and their company. Um,
0: Yeah, definitely. Probably. Yeah. Pro- yeah, probably. Um, unless they like say something at the recruiter being like, or at the job fair and be like, yeah, like put me down. Sometimes for bigger companies, it's also like there's, there's money incentives for job referrals. So mm-hmm. like sometimes they want and, but, and they'll tell you, but they will tell you, let them tell you at the job fair if they want you to, to use them as a job referral or not. Um, but yeah, it just comes down to social cues. Right. Um, Okay, so that kind of takes us into our last, like, section of this episode, which is just, you know, tips and tricks that we've learned along the way, a couple anecdotes and considerations. Um, one thing that, uh, one thing to keep in mind is that um, at these job fairs, don't just look for full-time Uh, full-time job offers, you can also look at internships. And a lot of times those internships can lead to job offers, right? Um, So either the next year or whenever you graduate or whatever, or even if you're graduating this year and you get an internship for the summer and then you start a job in November, the internship is a good, um, good time commitment between those times.
1: Yeah. I actually, there was this company I had been, I had gone to their booth like for three years and emailed (laughs) and like tried to network with everyone and just, it wasn't I, it wasn't working out basically for a couple of years there, my senior year, I went to their booth and I was like, I just want an internship. And they're like, you just want an internship. I was like, yes, that's all I want. I just want to work for you. I'm so interested in your company. Like obviously a paid internship, but I'm, you know, no pressure on the job. I'm looking for an internship. And it was a great internship that turned into a job offer. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely a possibility. Like don't rule it out.
0: Yeah. Especially if you love the company, like maybe they don't have a full-time position to offer you right now, but like three months from now they will. And because you did that internship or, you know, a year from now you do an internship and then two years from now you apply to that company and they're like, Oh yeah, you were amazing as an intern two years ago. We already know that you're qualified for the job. And I can't wait to see what you did for the last two years. Like we'll totally hire you.
1: Yeah. That kind of a thing even as a senior, like there's no, there's no shame in taking an internship right after graduation and then transitioning into a job. It's all going to be good experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't
0: think I realized that as an undergrad too. Like I think I was so focused on like, I need a full-time job after employee, after graduation. Like I need to be employed, but, and and that is true, but there is absolutely like, there's no stigma if you do an internship after senior year or like piece together internships until you get a full-time role or whatever.
1: Right. And I mean, most internships, like as a, you know, as a graduated senior, most internships pay pretty well. Like I'd say 20, Absolutely. like in, at least in this triangle area, like 20 to $25 an hour, which is, you know, good for an internship.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not going to be like, you know, full healthcare, but it's going to be yeah, enough to like pay rent and get you a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. qualifications.
1: Okay. What else? What else? I, I don't think I conveyed this before, but just going in with the attitude of like, maybe I did convey this, I don't know, going in with the attitude of passionate, humble, and eager to help them with their goals, not self-promoting, you know, like confident, but not self-promoting in that sense. Um, more like how you can work with their team to help them achieve their goals, I think would just be good to keep in the back of your mind as you go through every single conversation and how you approach them. Um, something to consider, and this has to do with the big companies that you always see at the career fairs, long lines don't mean good opportunities.
0: Oh yeah. That's a really good point. I
1: think people see like students congregating and then everyone starts congregating and getting in that line. And it like, it doesn't mean the opportunity is good. It just like likely what it means is like those students didn't do a lot of research on who's at the career fair and everyone got in line for the well-known company mm-hmm. and that's it. And, and, and they're gonna have limited opportunities. Um. So if you did your planning, like we've talked about on this episode, I think you won't be drawn by that, you'll be focused, but that was a mistake I made at my first career fair. You know, I got in the long line for the big company and honestly, like the way the big companies do things can be a little off-putting, like, Sometimes like they, the resume grabs right and like yeah yeah go ahead grace you know about this
0: well so i <laughs> i did the same thing that Allie said at my first couple i was like oh my gosh like i know their names they're like really good really re- uh really good big reputable companies um but i my first couple i think my first like two i didn't do enough research and because of that i like wasted my not wasted but you know like learned missed opportunities whatever um yeah. So like these, if you have long lines, they're not going to be able to sit and chat with you for 10 minutes a piece. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, please drop your resume into this box and keep yeah. walking. And if we like your resume, then we'll reach out to you. And so, yeah, it it's, um, it's tough because maybe you do really like that bigger company, but their long lines are kind of off-putting. So maybe instead of focusing on reaching them through the career fair, maybe you should focus on reaching them through coffee, a meeting with uh, with coffee or on LinkedIn, or um, sometimes the bigger companies themselves will have a career night at the campus. My company does. We have right. um, once a year, we have a career night where we invite students out to campus and they come on site and then it's And then there's like 50 employees that they can talk to in different areas or whatever. Um, So don't be discouraged for big companies because of the long lines. Just maybe shift your focus and go about finding those opportunities in a different way. Maybe the career fair is not the best way to go and talk to Apple or Google or whatever other big companies that the the lines are 200 people long.
1: That is such a good point. Like, you know, when you have your table and your prioritization, think about like how it's going to, you know, even when you get there, like do a quick survey, like, Oh, okay. Um, I, we're using Apple as an example for yeah. like, whatever. Cause it's just, you know, I'm on a Mac right now, but let's say Apple is there hiring, um, for sake of this example. And all they're doing is collecting your resume and putting it in a box. Like that all you need to do is drop off your resume then. So don't spend your time trying to, you know, wait in that long line and network, like just drop your resume off and go focus on your other companies that are on your prioritized list. Or, you know, let's say they're just taking a picture of your resume, like that's, I don't know, that's like kind of lower priority to me. It doesn't really seem like it's as um, solid of an opportunity or um, solid of a probability that you get it. So totally. And great point. Like there are other channels to reach those bigger companies that might be more effective than at the career fair. So just take into account how they're, you know, conducting their recruiting at the career fair and that's a great, you know, another supporting reason of why you should go to these young and kind of get a feel for how well-known companies are are doing things there. So also what you brought up about the resume grab what does that imply about the culture at some companies, you know, is that the culture for you? Um, like for me, it's not like, I want them to care about me holistically as a person, as well as my like development interests and passions and, you know, job interests. Um, for some, they, they might be like, I need to work at this company, you know, period. (laughs) And I get that, but if that's not the case, I like think about what the way they're recruiting says about their culture. Um, might not be the best opportunity like you think it is.
0: I mean, it just, it might not be the best fit for you. It may be, maybe it is. And the career fair is just, you know, just too overwhelming with everybody.
1: Yeah, all of this, all of this prep and intentionality about this and, and picking up on those cues is all about like finding the right fit like chasing what you're passionate about and then, you know, finding the right fit. And that's going to be good for you and good for the people recruiting at the same time. Um, so definitely.
0: So yeah, that's our, those are our key things for how to strategize, maximize your opportunities at career fairs. We hope you found it helpful and uh, we'll chat with you later.
1: The BME Grad Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For more information on the BME Grad Podcast, visit bme.unc.edu. Right now, you can find that information under the News and Events tab. If you can, please subscribe or follow and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.